Hello, it is the 15th of February, 2018, and welcome to Say When, a geeky podcast. This is our episode five, and it is our grand sort of movie um, preview episode. I'm Sally, and I'm here with my co-host, Melissa. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing great. I'm excited about covering, so we're not going to do like a traditional meat and potatoes Tonight, we're just going to do, it's going to kind of be like the news and the notables expanded version where we go over all the the movies that we're kind of excited about seeing in 2018. So I had a lot of fun just reviewing the trailers and um, picking out the movies that I can't wait to see. How about you? Same, same. I mean, there are some on my list that are going to be forever on my list. And <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to uh, kind of looking at where they are. And some of them I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was coming out so quick. And so I'm excited about that too. But I'm telling you, May is going to be a month that I spend a lot of time at the local Regal Cinema. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It might be worth buying a movie pass. <laughs> well, yeah. I am now the proud owner of one, so I can't wait to to use that. And, and there's a lot of movies that we're not going to cover tonight that I will oh, most God. likely go see since, uh, I have that movie pass, but these are the ones I think that if we have the opportunity, we'll probably possibly have a podcast about. Yep. 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 Um, do we want to start with the black Panther since that opens? Well, tonight is tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's opening tonight. Absolutely. And, um, that is one that I had planned on seeing this weekend, but, once again, because I live in such a popular location, um, it, it was sold out and I didn't get my ticket soon enough. And unless I want to go to South Georgia to watch the movie, then uh, I'm just going to have to wait. But uh, that comes out, that opens tonight. And the Black Panther, um, I was reading a little bit in Variety Magazine about it today. And, and I liked what they had to say about it. Basically... Mm-hmm directed by Ryan Coogler and it's a movie that doubles as a movement or at least a movement that feels groundbreaking in the same way that last year's runway hit Wonder Woman inspired millions of women. Panther marks the first time that a major studio has greenlit a black superhero movie with an African-American director and a primarily black cast. So this is wonderful. Um, I think that I hope that we see a lot more films like this mm-hmm. um, much like that quote that I posted about the Wonder Woman movie you know mm-hmm. how just empowered I felt as a woman after seeing that movie mm-hmm. and um, you know I know a lot of people are going to be feeling the same way after seeing the Black Panther so you know I just watching the previews for this movie, it just looks like a visually stunning movie. Just Absolutely. stunning. And yeah. and I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Um, and I think the lead actor's from South Carolina. Did I make that up? Chadwick Boseman? Know. I think he might be from Spartanburg. And so, anyway, that's just still, I'm going to have to look that up now. But, um, yeah, the yeah. action sequences look on point in the trailer and a lot of people have compared them to um scenes from the Kingsman and the James mm. Bond fight scenes and so that's pretty awesome mm-hmm. and from what I can tell it does it looks really exciting um but yeah I want to know did you what did you find out about Chadwick is he is he a um, South Carolinian 
Bozeman was born in South Carolina, raised in Anderson. He went to T.L. Hannah and graduated, and looks like he graduated from Howard University, which of course is one of the major HBCUs in the country, with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Directing. So yes, Very he cool. is from South Carolina, um, which awesome. I think is really cool. And um, he did not go to Clemson, so I'm going to give him... Sorry, I'm not going to say that. Um, no, no, Clemson's a great so for school. Anybody who missed some of our previous podcasts, Sally and I are both from South Carolina. So, yeah, and he's a he's a Gen Xer like us. So, yeah. little a smidge younger than us, but he's a Gen Xer. So, um, yeah, and, and I really liked him in um, Civil War. And, mm-hmm. and I thought he did a great job. And, and like I said, the, the previews just look great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. My husband and I are planning on going seeing it this weekend at some point. Probably not tomorrow night. It's his birthday. My husband's birthday is tomorrow night. But um, we had initially thought to go, but I think we're going to run into the whole sold out thing as well. So, yeah. so I think we're planning on maybe trying to catch a matinee later in the weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to let the oldest man child watch the <laughs> three girl children <laughs> and that can be his birthday gift to his dad just to, to babysit nice. his baby sisters but um yeah it, it looks i think it looks fantastic and i'll i'll be interested to see how it fits in with in the overall marvel universe because they're really seeming to expand this marvel universe and they've got this whole new country that they're bringing in. And so now it's not sort of focused in on New York. Right. (laughs) And everything I'm hearing, they've really put a positive spin um, on the location and everybody that hails from there is very excited to see what they've done with it and how they've represented it. So that's really exciting. And Ryan Coogler is an amazing um, writer and director. He actually, have you seen Creed? Did you see the movie Creed? Did not see Creed. Um, I have heard really good things about it. It just... Creed just wasn't, like, in my wheelhouse of films. Like, I don't... You know what I mean? It's just not a film that I would normally pick to go see. That's all. But I've heard great things about it, so maybe I should have. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it was um, a movie about the former heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa where he serves as a trainer and a mentor to Adonis Johnson who's mm-hmm. the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed mm. and that um, Adonis is played by Michael Jordan who plays Eric Killmonger in um, the Black Panther so that's super exciting um, to see him again and apparently Ryan Coogler really likes him because he's been in several of his films mm-hmm. It's nice to see films where you've got some continuity that way because um, you can tell a lot of times when you have that kind of thing, directors really trust certain actors and I think they trust them to make decisions and somehow it works out really well. You know, they can, they build this rapport where they do fairly well together. So, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to this this film and... um, and looking forward to seeing how it plays out in the in the broader Marvel universe. So, yeah. Same, same. It's got a nice lineup. Um, besides Michael and Chadwick, we're going to see Forrest Whitaker. 
great, great yeah. actor. Yeah. And um, Leticia Wright and Angela Bassett. Mm, mm. And the list just goes on and on of um, great actors. And so one of my friends said in a chat the other day, and I don't know if he heard this from someone else or if he was just like, if you are a known black actor in Hollywood and you didn't get a role in this movie, you need to fire your agent. Um, Because it is that it is that like important of a film. And um, so this is. This is going to be a groundbreaking film, and I'm really excited about it and excited about everybody who's going to be representing the movie. So next weekend, me and my buds are going to go see it next weekend, hopefully. Great, great, great. I won't spoil it for you if I make it there before you do. Yeah, don't. I'm pretty good good about not spoiling films. (laughs) Unless I tell you, I'm going to spoil this now, and then I'll spoil the crap out of it, but you'll do willing. (laughs) So there's that. Well, this is a podcast, so we're we're going to be spoiling some films. That's yes. just a given. Well, we're not spoiling anything tonight because we're we're looking at stuff that the studios have released. That, so right, no that we know nothing about. Yeah, we're just guessing. some of which haven't even released trailers yet. But mm, um, mm. we're going to get that far into yeah, the movies that are coming out in 2018. But speaking of another um, February release, mm. I think it's out now. Um, Probably that I was like. Fifty Shades Freed. Hmm. Are we really interested in this one? Are you? I, are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I read the first book, and yeah. um, I'm probably going to get some some hate for this statement. But I basically looked at it as like misogynistic porn, um, and I did not. I didn't really, I couldn't read more than the first book. That was about all I, I had to give mm-hmm. to this franchise. Um, of course, <laughs> it, it was ex- exciting in some ways. Um, but I just felt like Anastasia wasn't fully aware of what she was getting into. Mm. So um, to me, it wasn't, even though she was technically consenting by signing the waiver she was just super innocent in the whole lifestyle and really i don't think knew what she was getting into so Mm. um, i didn't really care for that aspect of it but what did you think um okay let me preface this by saying i haven't seen any of the movies and Mm. i read the first couple of books they they came out i think about the time i was um yeah, I was, they, I guess they had been out, but I was pregnant with my youngest. So it's been several years ago now. And I was in a group and we, uh, of other pregnant moms. And one of them was like, y'all pick these books up. This is just, this is just crazy. So I read the first two and, and I, I have a thing where I like to finish what I start um, even when it's a book and, and for me to stop reading a book or a series of books, it's tough because I, I like to finish things, but after book two and the, the stretch on so many of the plot points, I just, I, I just put it down. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and, um, the other friend of mine, she she emailed me and she was like, okay, if you want to know what happened, I'll tell you what happened. So she told me what happened in the book three. And I was like, well, I'm just glad I skipped it. 
But she and I both agree. It was like, you know, we're really tired of looking in this couple's bedroom window. It's like, we're good here. But um, we, we don't need any more. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I'd like to say. E.L. James, who wrote this series, this was actually originally a Twilight fanfic. And, um, and, and, and I think that you can, if you understand that it's a fan fiction and that she's not someone who necessarily has a bunch of training and writing and all of that stuff, I think some of the tropes and the things that you see in the books make more sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, it's obviously an alternate universe, right? Edward is not, um, Edward's not a, well, he is an older, older man, obviously, but he is, he's, to the best of our knowledge, not into um, BDSM or anything like that. He's, he's a vampire. He likes to drink your blood. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, that they basically just replaced the names throughout the, the fiction and decided to publish it as it was, and it just kind of took off. And in a lot of ways, I think... It, it, like you, I read the first book, and I even read some of the second book, or I read the second book, and I felt like this relationship was not very healthy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know enough about the BDSM lifestyle to s- make any sort of judgment. I know just enough to know that I don't know enough, if that makes right. sense. And so... I I get the feeling that that community really doesn't like these books because it, I think I get the feeling that it, they feel like it doesn't or isn't an accurate portrayal of, of their lifestyles. So yeah. And, and I just, if you're in that community and you have an opinion and would like to share it with us, we'd love to hear it. Feel free to message us in private. We'll, we'll and, keep your name silent. Um, yeah. If you want us to. Yeah. Uh, Tell us what you think. and Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to pass on it. I mean, I've passed on the last two. I'll pass on this one as well. It's just not yeah, my jam. I don't have enough invested in it, and I haven't kept up with it enough to be interested in this movie. So yeah. it's a hard pass for me, too. Unless yeah. maybe I'm watching it in the privacy of my home, and I have nothing better to do. But I can't imagine that will be the case. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll always find something else to do. Okay. <laughs> Um, so next movie on May 4th, 2018, we've got Marvel's Infinity War. Um, oh my gosh. The lineup on this movie is just epic. Like there is eye candy for days from both sexes. There's Mm. someone for just about everyone in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got, you know, Chadwick again from the Black Panther. He's going to be in it. Um, Josh Brolin is the voice of Thanos, a.k.a. the Dark Lord. Mm. Um, And then we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Swoon, Team Thor. Mm. (laughs) And you are? I'm Team Cap all the way. (laughs) Team Cap. Chris Evans is Captain Mm -hmm. America. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a lot of Chris's in this movie. We've got Chris Pratt. As yes. Star Lord. Oh, the um, only one we're missing is Chris Pine, right? Right, right. And and he is in a movie coming up in March that we haven't we're not actually talking about. That's um A Wrinkle in Time, which is a yeah. new Disney film. And I might wind up taking my girls to see that one. But Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. 
probably so, see that too. Yeah, he's even the though only we're not really talking not, about yeah. that one much. Yeah, he's the only person really. on the list, so we yes. need to work on getting him into the Marvel movies. Well, he's, mm-hmm. in, the, he's in the DC universe, isn't he? We, we, he can do a crossover. <laughs> he can do a Who crossover. Knows? Who knows what could happen in the future? Mm. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Disney yeah. has Star Wars now, so who knows? Who knows what's what's ahead? Oh, um, well, Disney wants all of our money, so yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll just absorb. <laughs> they'll, abs- they'll absorb everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. I mean, we've just got people from all over coming mm-hmm. in to play in this movie. Um, Bradley Cooper, who we don't really get to see um, because he plays Rocket Raccoon, but he's still a cutie worth mentioning. Um, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hiddleston, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, my God. The list just goes on and on. Gwyneth Paltrow, who apparently spoiled a little bit with some of her tweets, I think, that she was forced to take down. Um, I I don't think it was certain that she was even going to be in the movie Mm. um, until until that happened, but I don't remember. I know there was some drama surrounding that. Um, we're going to see, um, is it Zoe Saldana? I think it's Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Uh, as Gamora and yeah. Karen Gillian as Nebula. We, we got to see them a little bit in um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 whenever they were fighting each other, and they are the adopted daughters of Thanos. Um and what was it? She was saying that uh, my father would have Gamora and me battle one another in training. Every time my sister prevailed, my father would replace a piece of me with machinery, claiming he wanted to be her equal. But she won again and again and again, never once refraining. So after I murder my sister, I'll buy a warship with every conceivable instrument of death. I'll hunt my father like a dog and I'll tear, tear him apart piece by piece. Ouch. And you think you had a rough childhood. Um, <laughs> wonder how she's going to come to play. In <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, that's an excellent question. She seems to have some pent up hostility. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a smidge. Mm-hmm. Um, the picture that they released or one of the first pictures that they released from the movie it's widely available on the internet. They've got the new looks and you've got Tony with his helmet off um, as Iron Man. Of course, you've got Gamora and her sister. Um, and then the Scarlet Witch is still around as is um, Vision. And mm-hmm. of course I noted Chris Evans first and um, he, he, has a beard, which is not the standard look for Captain America, and his his sort of bleach blonde hair has gone to more of a natural shade, and he's he's got a beard, and I think he's taken the star off of his uh, uniform, so you get the feeling that he's not the not the the Captain America that we're used to. Scarlett Johansson's got a new look too with the with the blonde hair, which is a little startling, but she, Scarlett Johansson is. She looks good in any yeah, I know. Any color like, hair. Like <laughs> she could, she could do her hair in like chartreuse, and it would still be fabulous. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then your guy Chris Hemsworth is awesome. All of them are in this, so it's really cool. And also, we forgot to mention Sebastian Stan as well as um, the guy who plays the Falcon. Oh, his name! I have forgotten his name, but um, 
the, the only people that I'm not seeing in this are actually, I'm not seeing Ant-Man, which to me, I'm like, where's Ant-Man? <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, but. Um, He's busy filming his other movie. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and there is some discussion about like when Ant-Man and the Wasp as a film comes in with the movie timeline because, because apparently even though this movie, even though Infinity War comes out in May and Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in July, apparently Ant-Man and the Wasp actually probably takes place before this all this goes down unless unless uh, something else is at play here like he's in jail or something who knows we'll see um we do have the mantis so we do have a bug (laughs) oh do we oh yes we do don't we (laughs) yes she'll be well probably she'll probably make a cameo charming yes yeah it's great. Oh, oh, and Don Cheadle's back as War Machine, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is, which is good. So, and I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Clint Barton fan, too. So, anyway, I'm excited about that movie. I'm really. Excited I am about too. It. And like, I just from the trailer, that quote just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Oh God, what was it? It was the one that Thanos said. Um, what about about what having what? fun doesn't normally filter in to your. Like when one wants to take over the universe quote, that? Um, the one where in time you'll know what it's like to lose, mm. to feel so desperately that you're right, yet the fail all the same, dread it, run from it, destiny still arrives. I don't really know specifically what he was referring to, mm. maybe himself, because he's an egotistical warlord. Um, well, I but, don't think he thinks he's going to fail. Right. So, but isn't that just like... That can be one of those one-to-one comparisons that we hate to do, but just. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk about that tonight. Just, just yeah, a heads yeah. up. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit salty, so that's going to come up. We're gonna, Sorry. We're going to give you some time to rant. <laughs> <laughs> just um, a skosh. Just yeah, a yeah, you, you need and deserve your time to rant. But I just, I really like that quote. I think we all probably experience something like that in life and uh yeah Yeah. i like it i like it a lot okay Um, also coming out in may is deadpool 2 and in and this is what i think of deadpool it's ridiculous it's obscene it's a waste of two hours and take my money yeah see it i mean you know i mean it's it's insanity but it's awesome it's it's so um, irreverent. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, like, it, they refuse to take themselves seriously. And that's what's beautiful about it as, you know, maximum effort. <laughs> absolutely. TJ Miller um, said that we've seen so much of the same PG formula with the same CGI that I think people really need this film. Um, the bravery here is trying to be original, raw and R rated. I hope it'll reinvigorate the comic book move, movie genre. Um, because I think it was getting kind of tired and a little worn and I tend to agree with him there. I Mm. think, um, you know, the same formula over and over again for these, it's just such, it's so refreshing to have, you know, this unconventional, basically anti-hero with Mm. a twisted sense of humor, Mm. um, who 
it, it's just very refreshing. And Ryan Reynolds does a fantastic job mm. of just bringing that character to life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I really enjoy it. And it's similar to the Punisher in that respect. So we're, we're getting, we're seeing more of that. Now the Punisher is Netflix, right? That's yes. okay. I've just started watching that. Um, on Netflix. So I can't tell you a ton about it cause I haven't finished it. And, um, but you know, they have a very similar style. Maybe the Punisher is not quite as humorous. Okay. He's more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both anti-heroes basically. And I they, like an they, anti-hero. Yeah. They don't fight the innocent. So they're similar in that regard. And, um, Yeah. Good stuff. I can't wait to see mm-hmm. Deadpool. That is definitely a yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then next law <laughs> mm-hmm. solo, a star Wars story will be out Memorial day weekend, May 25th, 2018. Um, which just makes me happy. Um, <clears throat> Donald Glover is in it as Lando Calrissian. I didn't need another Star Wars crush, but here we are. Um, yeah, what do you do? Uh, Aaron Armreich <laughs> is playing the young Han Solo. And uh, the, there have actually been, the marketing strategy is kind of interesting because they had a 45-second spot during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're watching the Super Bowl, Melissa, but they did. I did not. Okay. I, I missed it. Uh, okay well go sports uh <laughs> go sport okay well i watched it but it, it came a lot earlier than i thought it would so i was looking down at my tablet and i looked up as it said solo a star wars story trailer tomorrow and i was like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> so i missed the initial trailer of course i went on youtube and it was already posted so you know crisis averted And then they had a slightly longer trailer. So it was a TV spot than a trailer. And they played that the next morning. And it was a teaser trailer, less than two minutes long. But it was was interesting. Um, You were excited about Amelia Clark, right? Being in this film? Oh, yes. Game of Thrones, Mother of Dragon. I'm super excited about that. I don't even remember what part she's going to play. But I just know (laughs) she's in it. And Well, she... She plays um, Kira, and that's spelled with a Q. And the implication is that she's Han's love interest, Uh that they grew up together, uh, like on the mean streets of, I guess, Corellia. And that there's a a line in the trailer where they're both drinking out of these really cool wine glasses or something. and, And she says to him, or maybe it's not the same, but anyway, she says to him, I'm the only one who, you know, knows who you really are. And he's got that cocky grin like you would associate with Han Solo. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then he stops smiling. And he's like, what's that? Like, complete seriousness. Um, so that to me looks a little intriguing. But there has been some concern in certain corners of the Star Wars fandom that that she's being set up to just be like man pain, if you will, for Han Solo. And that somehow her being a part of his life will diminish Leia later on. And I don't, 
I don't necessarily share that same concern. Um, I but mean, I will say this. I'm not that invested in Han Solo. And I think that this movie... I think this movie will make... Or I hope this movie will make sections of the the fandom happy because it's a uh, because it's it's obviously geared towards the guys right it's told through Han Solo's point of view mm-hmm. he's the main character you've got Chewbacca lots of blasters and all this stuff a few car chases on the streets and so yeah I just I, I don't mind him having a love interest Leia had a love interest if you read uh, the book Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and it was a youth book, or a, not a youth book, it was a YA book. But there's an implication, it's a it's a first love story mm-hmm. that she has with this guy. And so, you know, Han is not her first love. And for me, it's, to me, it's not a big deal that he... Most people have more than one love interest. interest in their lifetime. Some of us, some of yes, us have... Yes. A hand, several handful or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds like these two just kind of from what I'm hearing, and I'm not hearing a whole lot. I should be very clear. I'm not hearing a whole lot, but it sounds like these two grew up together and they were like best friends, and it was something that kind of evolved from there. Maybe kind of a friends with benefits situation. I don't. I don't know, but you know. It, She's pretty cool. She seems like a fairly fairly cool character. And um, I don't think that Ron Howard is going to go for diminishing the role of Leia in his life later on. Um, I do want to add that there was a lot of drama around this production. I don't, you probably don't know anything about it. I haven't really spent a lot of time on this one. The original directors for this movie were Lord Miller. They directed the Lego movie. And they were really close to finishing, like, wrapping production, like, wrapping filming for this. And Kathleen Kennedy fired them. Wow. Like, you're out. And it was very unceremonial, maybe, (laughs) is the word I'm looking for. And so... Apparently, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote this, and he wrote some of the original Han Solo stuff anyway for the original trilogy. So Han Solo is a character that he loves. He was getting really frustrated, apparently, because they were doing a lot of ad-libbing, and they just weren't filming the movie that he wrote. They were filming the movie that, you know they wanted to film and that wasn't the movie that excuse me that Lucasfilm had in mind and so apparently and so they brought in Ron Howard who is you know tried and true he's he's reliable and and he did extensive reshoots and I think Han Solo is still out on post-production because they just had so much going I mean they just wrapped filming you know relatively recently and um, that was drama. Like, these are extensive, way more extensive reshoots, I think, than people are used to seeing on any film. But hopefully, they're going to turn out a great film. And no one's going to remember that um, he wasn't the original director. 
hopefully. Uh, the other thing is that you get to see the Millennium Falcon like brand new. You can almost smell the new ship smell from the trailer. <laughs> and you have to wonder what the heck Han Solo did to the Millennium Falcon for in the first time Leia sees it, she goes, you came in that? You're braver yeah. than I thought. I mean, you know, what has happened to the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it starts out being really snazzy. And um, so I get, I guess we get to see the backstory of the Millennium Falcon, which I'm excited about. It is about exciting. Too, so yeah. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah, and then we're going to take two weeks off of the movies and Ocean's Eight. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Girl, heist that's going to be yes, that's <laughs> yes, and that's going to be our um, our birthday celebratory movie where I'm going to come down and we're going to go yes. watch that together. Yes, so I'm excited Absolutely. about that. We can go get something to eat and then go watch that movie. Um, Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister. I can buy that actually. Yes, totally. Can you? Like Sandra Bullock is, yeah, I can buy that. And this cast looks fun as well. And apparently the premise is they're going to be stealing the necklace off of Anne Hathaway at the Met Gala. And it looks like a lot of fun. And there are lots of really pretty jewelry in it. And I'm excited about the really pretty jewelry because I am a guy. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway. Who doesn't like, anyway. what woman doesn't like sparkly, beautiful jewelry? I mean, I guess they're out there, but we're we're not. They're we're out not there, those. but I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're not them. <laughs> Give yeah. me all the things. It sparkles and it shines. Um, yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. And then um, June, well, actually May and June are going to be crazy movie months for us. It's going to be pretty busy. Um, so maybe we can just have like a two month. It's it's summer blockbuster yeah. season, and they're amazing. Our, you need okay. to move home so we can go to these movies together. <laughs> well, our birthday's in June, but we'll just, like, celebrate the entire month long, maybe. I don't know. Um, so the next movie, not so exciting, but I'll probably, now that I am the proud owner of a movie pass, I'll probably go <laughs> see it anyway, if for no other reason than Chris Pratt. Um, but ju the Jurassic World sequel which comes out on june the 22nd um more more dinosaurs chasing people i yeah. I, I really don't know what else where they're gonna go with this i have yeah chris, chris pratt did yeah. i mention chris pratt okay yeah. chris well, pratt. i'll go see it for that so do i have to go <laughs> no you don't have to go but i'm oh, gonna go probably i don't know i'll take the younger man child will be very, very yeah, interested yeah. in it. In my family. Um, not me so much. Um, I saw the original Jurassic Park in movie theaters with my cousin. And I I I was good. I I didn't need any more dinosaur movies after that. I mean I'll go if if I need to go. I will take one for the team. I will go say this if I have to go see it. But no, I don't. I don't like, think we'll necessarily uh, be doing a. We probably won't be doing a <laughs> podcast on this movie. But um, it was worth mentioning that it's coming out because there probably is, are a lot of people that are excited about it. Yeah. 
it's a summer blockbuster. People are going to be thrilled with this movie. Colin Trevorrow made truckloads of money with the first one. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I have heard kind of mixed reviews about the portrayal of the women in that movie. And so I haven't seen that because I just have no, no interest in dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, like I said, secondhand, I've heard kind of mixed reviews on his, his treatment of women. So I've kind of like, uh. and so it's already a movie that I'm not particularly interested in. And then I've heard kind of negative things. And so that makes it even less appealing if yeah. that makes sense yeah it does totally. to me but um yeah but a movie that i am interested in ant-man and the wasp which comes out in early july uh right after the fourth um and it comes out on the 6th of july and paul rudd can we just can we just pause for a minute and appreciate that Paul Rudd has somehow discovered the fountain of youth he's adorable and he's like 40 he, what 49 Eight, 48, 49, 48, I think he looks exactly like he did in 1995 Mm -hmm. or six in Clueless. And I loved Clueless, by the way. I loved that movie. I can watch that movie today. Um, But that's another story, another podcast topic. But but anyway, Paul Rudd, who's discovered the Fountain of Youth, uh, plays the Ant-Man. Evangeline Lilly is the Wasp and Mm -hmm. she's gorgeous. Um, and the special effects and all of the stuff look exactly like a Marvel movie you would expect a Marvel movie to look like. And um, there is, at the beginning of a trailer, a callback to Captain America Civil War. Have you seen the trailer, Melissa, or no? The Ant-Man trailer? Yeah. I probably glazed over it. Unlike you, I am not a huge Ant-Man fan. I mean, I think it fills a gap in the superhero I, I, <laughs> I don't know anyway well, you know um, you know what? I kind of I kind of looked at Ant-Man like I looked at Aquaman I was like why Ant-Man that's such a stupid but superhero right is so and I, cool. and, right but but Aquaman's cool because of Jason Momoa yeah, now he's cool yeah okay before I thought SpongeBob and I was like really that's the guy you're, you've got all these other, and you're going with that guy. And so, you know, Ant-Man kind of, I felt kind of the same way about that. And so basically casting sold you on Ant-Man. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. I can yes. totally. Yes. I would yeah, say I so. I can accept that. <laughs> yeah. That's valid. That's valid. That's valid. You know, we should just move on. Let's just move on because this might get uncomfortable. Um, although there is a casting issue with the next film that Uh-oh. I want to talk about, which doesn't come out until the like November sixteenth, and that is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them: The Crimes of Grindelwald and Grindelwald. And um, for you Harry Potter folks out there, um, you will know who Grindelwald is. He is uh, one of the first Dark Lords, (laughs) and um, there are are so many famous names in this movie. You've got Johnny Depp, Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston. Um, It's written by J.K. Rowling and directed by David Yates, and the sort of elephant in the room about the casting here is Johnny Depp has got some things going on in his personal life that have made people really question who he is as a person. And um, 
So that's problematic. Um, the other thing is, J.K. Rowling, years ago, someone asked her about Dumbledore and any love interest that he might have. And she said, well, I've always kind of thought of Dumbledore as being gay. And, you know, no big deal. And, and now people are starting to wonder if they're going to directly address Dumbledore's sexuality in this movie because the implication is Dumbledore was actually really good friends with Grindelwald. And Grindelwald has this kind of racist uh, perception like wizards are better than muggles and um, wizards should rule over muggles and so on and so forth. And so, and the one to eventually defeat him um, is Dumbledore. But there's this sort of side implication that it's, uh, it's, he's having to defeat someone that is one of his very, very good friends. And yeah, so there's, there are questions about that. Eddie Redmayne does, in my opinion, Eddie Redmayne does a great job as Newt Scamander, who's a mm -hmm. maze zoologist. I and, um, I like him with Catherine Watterson, who, um, is an Aurora for Magusa, which is the American, basically the American Ministry of Magic. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about this movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I really am. And, again, take yeah. my money. <laughs> it's one of those films that <laughs> I'll definitely go see. Yeah. I can't say that I'm as excited about it as you are. I'm not as huge of a Harry Potter fan. I do. You don't have even been, you haven't even been sorted into your house yet. You're definitely not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have no idea what house I would fall under. I think you had an opinion about that. Okay, well, okay, well, do you think of yourself as brave and daring, loyal and true, and unafraid of toil, um, smart, and the pursuit of wisdom, or cunning and a leader? Are, Which of those do you find yourself most related Is there to? one that takes a little piece of each of them? Like not proficient in any of them, but maybe takes a little piece. Hufflepuff. Then I guess that's me. Hufflepuff will, um, she says she'll, she'll take the lot and teach them all. And... Hufflepuff is kind of like the most chill house. Yeah, um, that's me. <laughs> they are really chilled out. I, however, am a Gryffindor. So, and I never really believed that. I mean, I took every quiz I could find and I always popped up Gryffindor and I was like, this has to be wrong. There's no way I'm a Gryffindor. I'm, I'm a Ravenclaw or I'm a Hufflepuff, but I'm not a Gryffindor. And I went to Pottermore and I took the Pottermore test and the Pottermore test said Gryffindor. And I was like, well, crap. I'm stopping. I'm not taking any more of these tests. I'm a Gryffindor. Just accept <laughs> and, it. And <laughs> um, I've just accepted that I'm a Gryffindor. But the, I mean, it's like, this is a stupid, the struggle, hashtag the struggle is real. This is so stupid. I was at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter with my sister and my niece. And my sister's a Hufflepuff. And then my niece is a Ravenclaw. And there I was the Gryffindor. And you, all the merchandise comes in Gryffindor. So that's not the problem. You can find anything in Gryffindor because everybody wants to be a Gryffindor because Harry was a Gryffindor. 
But the problem comes in when people look at you and they assume that you bought the Gryffindor stuff just because Harry was a Gryffindor and not that you were actually sorted into Gryffindor. And that is such a stupid fangirl first world problem to have. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. But I was like, I was like, y'all, this isn't people. People assume that I'm not a Gryffindor just because it's the pop, the quote unquote popular house. But I really am. And I really am. Um, yeah. So I'm not the Gryffindor that like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I am. Um, so I'm a Potterhead. Yes. I think I, re- I think I recall I'll never several get away stories that. of you going to the midnight release release yeah. of the books yeah, yeah. you're definitely you're definitely a potterhead for sure i love i love <laughs> it um oh i have an idea for a birthday gift for me <laughs> by the way thinking of potter you need to be thinking about that i need to get yeah. a birthday gift for you too so all right next movie is all oh, about gosh, you, i'm so girl. excited and also really curious and intrigued um aquaman which you've heard me talk about um, because I'm a huge Jason Momoa fan um, comes out on December 21st. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. one of our later flicks, but what's really curious and intriguing is it's going to be directed by James Wan, um, which is a really interesting choice. I don't know if you, I wasn't really familiar with him because I don't watch a lot of horror films, Mm -hmm. Um, but Mm -hmm. he's not my jam. No, me either. But he, um, is known for producing films like Saul and The Conjuring. So I am super curious about <laughs> where this movie's going. Um, I think the trailer is going to kind of make or break how this movie's going to go. Um, mm. But it, you know, he's said things like um, this movie will look very different compared to Justice League, like what we saw from Aquaman and Justice League. It'll feel very different aesthetically, tonally, story-wise. He says it's his own take um, when he was interviewed with Entertainment Weekly. Um, He says that Aquaman has been the joke of the comic book world, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought how cool it would be um, to take the character that everybody makes fun of and do something really interesting with him. So... I can't wait to see what the producer of Saul and the Conjuring views as really interesting for Aquaman. I'm kind of, I'm a little afraid, but I'm also excited. So we'll see. And will this trailer ever be released? It's killing me. I'm just like every day checking to see if, when it's going to yeah. be released. And um, Carlos uh, Villalobos Junior, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, he apparently went to Instagram. Shared a photo on his Instagram um, where he was working on the project. And he, it, it, there was like an obvious picture of Jason Momoa on his monitor in his studio. And he says, trailer scoring heaven today. Hashtag composer. Hashtag studio. Hashtag Aquaman. Hashtag old friends. And reportedly he's had to remove that or has removed that since he posted it. Sure. But maybe this means that they're getting close to releasing the trailer. I sure hope so. Because I'm just dying Mm -hmm. to see what the feel is going to be. Like I got a completely... Mm -hmm. 
Solo, the trailer for Solo gave me like a completely different feeling than a lot of the other Star Wars movies I've seen. Did you get that same? Yeah, it felt a little bit more like yeah. a heist movie. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how that goes. And like I said, I think in the end, this is going to be the movie for um, some of the fandom that's not happy with maybe the way The Last Jedi went. Because this is maybe turning out to be a little bit more of a, a man's mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, and I think trailers are really important. The other thing is, with him being a director, I, I just want to point out, you know, if you're talking about Aquaman, this isn't Deadpool. Like, they're going to be shooting for PG-13. So, I think he, I think one thing to keep in mind is they're going to have to work within the constraints of a PG-13 rating, right? You, you I don't, don't know. To be pushed... I mean, that's what I don't know. Do you think, like, I don't know. See, do you think, do you think that DC wants to take the risk of an R-rated film? I'm I'm just, it's a hypothetical question. I don't expect you to actually know the answer to that. I can't imagine that they would, would but this, James Wan, I just don't know. I just don't know where this is going, and I can't wait to see, so... Well, at least it's not the guy. Never mind. I won't say that. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, let's let's. That's Those pretty much movies. everything. Like, th- there are so okay. many movies. That's yeah, a lot of there movies. There are so many movies coming out. You know, this year that we want to see, and this is kind of like our top picks. Um, but surely, I mean, we may go see mm. some other movies and be blown away and end up. Yeah. You mentioned you wanted to see Ready Player One. Yeah, I do. I think it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a dystopia. I don't know. I just. Yeah, it's based on a dystopian novel. So more. Um, y'all probably just heard my cat run behind me. That was the bell. Um, my husband walked in the room and the cat was like, oh, my favorite <laughs> human. Um, so. Um, I, yeah, I, I think. I want to see the Wrinkle in Time mm-hmm. movie, um, so I'm, I'll probably go for that. And I know that you said something about Ready Player One. I've seen some previews um, recently that I was like, "Man, probably not." That A Quiet Place, I think. It was kind of a oh. horror movie. If you made noise, I, I don't I, do I was just horror like, mm, usually. Like yeah, I'll do. It's just not. I'll do dark and like. Han- I don't know what yeah. you would consider Hannibal, but like I enjoy that. But I don't really consider I that can't, horror. I can't. Yeah, I don't. Which, well, that brings us neatly on to um, a question I wanted to ask you, Melissa. Um, am I remembering correctly that you're a fan of Dexter? Yeah, I really enjoy Dexter. Okay, I'm curious. Does that mean you're a serial killer? No. Are um, you sure? Because you yeah. like a television show about a serial killer. Therefore, that means you must be like a serial killer wannabe, right? Right? Well, apparently, based on some people's logic, that would be the case. But I'm uh-huh. last time I checked, I'm not a psychopath. So, Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess the debate <laughs> is out on that. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. The reason I asked was because it seems like some listeners... And I think people in general sometimes have difficulty in divorcing 
the what people like in fiction from what they approve of and they like in real life. So, for instance, if you came to me and said, so, I'm in love with this guy, and he's great, and he's tall, and he's dark, and he's handsome, and he killed his dad, but that's not really that big of a deal, right? Am I going to give you the advice to, like, stay with this guy? I mean, you've no. known me for a long time. What am I going to say to you? You're going to check me into the witness protection program. <laughs> That's about right. I'm gonna, you're not, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be okay. Um, with, I mean, and I don't, I wouldn't necessarily care about his reasons, especially if you went ahead and added that not only he killed his father, he'd murdered a guy and then ordered the execution of an entire village. I'm really not, I'm not down with that. So I just want to emphasize that real life and, and, and fiction you can't make these one-to-one -one comparisons in a, a real clear way. That's not, that's not fair. I mean, you're supposed to be able to relate to characters and, and I can relate to Ray and I can relate to Ben Solo on a lot of levels, but not a level that has to do with, you know, murdering people. Um, so I, I just wanted to reiterate that for our listeners that, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that, when we're talking about fiction, this isn't something that you and I are like, you know, we don't necessarily want these people in our lives in a real sense, right? Right, right. Um, and I just, like I said, just want to make that clear. And then the other thing is that, you know, these are stories and everything is bigger and worse. And in my opinion, the purpose of someone like Kylo Ren, for instance, is to say to the lost, the people that have lost their way, that yes, you're, you've fallen off the path, but you can come back. Because I think Star Wars is an inherently hopeful uh, saga, and I think if you understand that you can come back, if that's the message that they're sending, then that's this really great hopeful message. But just killing him off, that's not very hopeful at all. I don't think. I mean... Yeah, so I, I guess I'm just trying to say I don't actually want Kylo Ren as part of my life beyond the silver screen. Um, and I think some people maybe think I do. I appreciate the story arc. Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. And and to be fair, I, I can honestly see why some people don't see the same things that I see in the movie. Um, yeah, I, like... You and I are complete opposites in that regard yeah. because of our educational backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, you uh, know, I have an accounting degree, not an English degree, so yeah. I don't see the yeah. symbolism. and. Yeah. From a Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory perspective, I'm, oh, the humanities, right? <laughs> I have an English degree and a history degree. And so I tend to look at things through that background and I've gotten away from that English degree a lot, um, and that's just, I have, I've gotten away from it a lot because I've been teaching history for so long, but I did remember coming out of The Force Awakens and not really getting it. I felt like I was missing something, and it turns out I was, and I wound up going online, and it took me like a year and a half. I'd seen this movie a dozen times or more. 
And I wound up going online and just trying to figure out what is what is it that I'm missing about this movie? Why does it not make sense to me? And I and I had friends who had already kind of been like, oh, there's this thing between Ray and Ren. It's there. And I was like, no, it's not. She's a Skywalker. And then I really got to looking at it and I took a step back and I tried to look at it objectively. I tried to look at it through the lens of lit crit literary criticism through the lens of storytelling. And I was like, Oh my sweet baby Jesus. They're right. You know, I just, it, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I saw these videos and I started reading these metas online and suddenly here we are, here we are. And I was like, I can't believe I missed this. And so since then I've been making a point to look at star Wars through that lens, through the lens of an English major, someone who's been trained to look at stories and storytelling. And so when I went into The Last Jedi, the overarching story didn't surprise me at all. Now, were there plot points that shocked the crap out of me? Yes. Kudos to Ryan Johnson. But the overarching story? No, that... That, to me, was exactly what I thought was going to happen in terms of their relationship. And honestly, right down to the fact that they ended the movie apart. And because they ended the movie apart, I think they'll end the trilogy together. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah. So, um, I just, like I said, I just wanted to touch on that. And thank you for giving me the chance to sort of stand and deliver and explain more clearly where I'm coming from in a storytelling sort of way. I appreciate that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you do a really outstanding job of also researching um, comments from the writers, the directors. Mm. The, you do a lot better job of that than I do. No. <laughs> no. You come prepared. No. Here's the thing. I come I prepared on things that, no, I come prepared on things that really, really interest me. And otherwise I'm like, yeah, this is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I, then I come prepared when someone like challenges me. I'm like, oh, see, now we're going to have to have a discussion about this, you know. But um, the other thing is I stand on the shoulders of giants when it comes to to a lot of this analysis because they're better at it than I am. And so I'm one of these people that are, okay, well, I'll look at what other people have to say. And if I buy it, I buy it. If I don't, I don't. And I've actually read some really convincing things about like where nine might be going. And I hope it's where it goes. We'll see. Um, now you got a comment in a Facebook message about, yeah. tell Speaking me. Of, um, thorough investigation. Mm. Yeah, it was about the proposal scene mm -hmm. uh, being a stretch. Mm. Mm. And I think you had some... I, first of all, would like to thank whoever it is that wrote in because I really appreciate our listeners. Um, and thank you for giving me the chance to uh, maybe more clarify that position. Um, <clears throat> recently, Ryan Johnson, there was an interview from Ryan Johnson. It was released in Empire Magazine. Um, I think on the podcast where, uh, it was February or excuse me, January 15th. And he was asked about, uh, this scene in the throne room between Kylo Ren and Ray, where Kylo Ren says, you know, please join me. 
And that is what I contended was um, a veiled marriage proposal. And, um, you know, I mean, generally when someone is becoming, you know, the, the Ben Perer, if you will, or the Ren Perer, and you ask, you know, someone to join you of an opposite sex that's as attractive as you are, that might mean something. Um, but Ryan Johnson so uh, graciously answered that question about his motivations, his being Kylie Ren's motivations. Quote, to write these characters, I always have to get inside their heads. I tend to step inside and have the most generous reading of any character's motivation possible, says Johnson. Quote, I'll say this. The moment when Kylo makes his appeal for her to join him, and Adam captured it so well in his little pleas, it was important to me that it wasn't a chess game, it wasn't just a manipulation, it's unhealthy, and there's much that is awful about the way that he is manipulative. But from his point of view, it's a very naked, open, emotional appeal. It's his version of, I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy. The same way that he tells his version of the story with Luke. That's his experience of the moment. And so, um, I'm just going to reiterate, uh, it's his, Kylo's, version of, I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy. Um, are you familiar with that quote, Melissa? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the line is from Notting Hill, which is a rom-com that you've mm -hmm. seen. Because, you know, I, I guess we're women and we see rom-coms. And, yeah. And, um, Typically. It, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm maybe a little atypical when it comes to those things. But, yeah, Actually, I have seen it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that you are atypical. But that's another topic for another podcast. Um. So, Notting Hill is a rom-com starring Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. It's from the late 90s, mid to late 90s, 95, 96 or so. The whole quote is, quote, I'm just, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her, end quote. Are we well, sure? Well, there you go. I mean, are we sure that proposal is a stretch? I think that pretty much clarifies it. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't see it as a stretch. But again, again, I can totally see without you know, hearing that, how I would feel the same way, you know, okay. that I would look at that and think that it was a stretch, but you know, obviously it wasn't. Well, the other thing, <laughs> is, uh, the other thing is like Mark Hamill, who's just really charismatic in interviews. And um, sometimes he says things, of course, that I don't love to hear, but one of the things that he said in an interview, it was a video and I don't even remember exactly what someone asked, but um, somebody asked um, him about the movie and he started talking about how there was this romantic connection, this romantic tension, I should say. Um, I think that was the exact quote, romantic tension, between his naughty nephew and Ray. So, you know, you've got the creators, you've got the actors sort of all acknowledging that there is something in this relationship beyond just, you know, we're going to kill each other now. Right. So I, I, I really feel like I've got, I've got some evidence to support my position on that. Um, yeah. Although, you know, you don't have to see it if you don't want to, you don't, you yeah. can ignore it if you really want to. Although I, I hope you like nine. If you ignore it, I hope you can still like nine. But anyway, that was my thought. <laughs> I just Yay. had to get that out there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So anyway, did you have anything else that you want to talk about tonight? No, I think we've um, pretty much like we thought we would get this one done in less than an hour. And I think we've gone over at this point. So not too bad. I think. How does that happen? Like every day on our commutes when we have conversations, that's pretty typical. So anyway, (laughs) I guess I'm not too surprised. Well, it's our podcast. We can talk as long as we want. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we, I guess can sign off here. Um, I am Palmetto blue on Twitter and you can also find me at Palmetto's desk on WordPress. Where can folks find you, Melissa? Um, on all the social medias, like I like to say, um, Paxi Babe. P-A-K-S-Y-B-A-B-E. Okay, cool. So, Twitter yeah. and Snapchat and Facebook, and I don't really use any of those that much, but that's where you can find me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find the podcast at, um, or if you want to email the podcast, you can email us at saywinpodcast at gmail.com. And what's our Facebook, Melissa? Saywin. All right. Well, uh, podcast. Yeah, that's easy enough. Well, yeah. We hope to hear from some of our listeners, uh, and until the next time we see you, I will sign off and say, may the force be with you. And I will say truth and justice. Bye. (laughs) Bye.